you going and he usually when he's ready he'll go like this with one hand and then when he both hands I thought he was ready so I just come up and sing with him now and don't worry about it <laughs> it is just so good for you to be here today that's stirring up the gift in you when you get out and come to God's house and we welcome you we welcome all of you that are watching by live stream many a time 
few months ago, we depended on that for our blessing. And you came through and you blessed us. And that came through while Virgil was so ill, so sick. He wasn't so sick. He was just so uh, weak. And uh, we watched it and the presence of the Lord would come in our room. And the Holy Spirit would touch us. And we were stirred up by the Holy Spirit. You know, he's not contained. He can come through the screen. He can come through the sources that God has allowed us to have and bless us. And you're here this morning because you want to be stirred up. You didn't really want to. How many? Now, be honest with me. Just think, stop and think before you answer. How many of you would like to have stayed in bed a little longer? But you knew it was time to get up and go to God's house, and you didn't even give it a second thought, hardly. And you're here. That's called being an overcomer. You are letting the Lord work through your life, and you're letting your light shine because the neighbors will see if you go to church or not. Yeah, they watch your car on Sunday when you uh, are coming to church. So that's a testimony to your neighbors that you believe you ought to go to church on Sunday. I go down the street on my neighbor in my neighborhood on, to, on my way to church, and I see so many people that aren't up, that are not going to church, and I think, oh, Lord, when you're coming back, we want to be ready. So it may be on Sunday morning. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Now, this week, uh, tonight will be regular service, and then this week is a normal week. Now, next Sunday, we all know that we're having our family fun fest. This is one of the two outreaches that we uh, Stratford Heights has to the community. We're not doing this for you next week. You're doing it for the community. And we're inviting all the community to come in and worship with us. And, and we have the Family Fun Fest set up outside where we can minister to people and reach out to all those that maybe don't attend church. So this is one of our outreaches to our community when we plan this Family Fun Fest and the egg hunt every year. So you be sure and remember that. Now, we'll have only one service next Sunday, and that's 10 o'clock service. So be, be here, and if the pastor can, he'll let us out at noon, and we'll start the Family Fun Fest. If not, we'll just stay till he dismisses us. Don't you love to hear him get started? He says, oh, I've just got to quit, but he keeps going. Well, he wants to bless us and feed our hearts and souls. So we're looking forward to that. So plan next week. Invite someone to come with you. It's a good time. Tell people they need to come and enjoy the day. And uh, use all kinds of good persuasive things to get people here. Let's pack this church out next Sunday. 10 o'clock. How many of you will think about somebody that you know should be here? And you'll invite people for next week to come for the service and the fun family. Family fun fest. How many of you will put forth an effort to do that? All right. Now, okay, there's a few that raised your hand. How many of you plan to be here yourself next Sunday? You wouldn't stay home and miss the fun family fest, would you? No, you wouldn't do that. This is our ministry, our missionary outreach to the community of Middletown. So we want you to be here and bring a friend, okay? Let's, let's hear it for the Lord next week. Thank you. All right. We want to welcome you that are visiting with us today. Thank you for coming and all of you regular attenders. So what we want you to do now is to get out in the aisles and shake hands and greet one another and be a blessing to somebody today and say God bless you to people. All right? God bless you. Let's greet one another. I just want to stay.
disciple who are absolutely following the Lord and his commands and his word. When we hear and we talk about and we read in the scriptures about baptism, we know that is where we make that decision that we are absolutely diehard 100%. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've not only just made a decision, but you have made up your mind and you are taking a stand for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, there's nothing more exciting about that. You know, the Bible talks about how that in the presence of heaven, over one sinner that comes to God, the angels rejoice and dance and have a great party. Can you imagine the kind of celebration that's happening today with four folks going to be baptized right here in the church? Amen. This is what it's all about. At the end of the day, it's about what Jesus' mission was on earth. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. How many of you once were lost? Amen. How many of you now will say, I am found? I am found. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited today. We have some folks going to be baptized, and we are going to follow the admonition and the command of Scripture and the Word of God in securing the covenant that they have made with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So I thank you for allowing us in this part of our service to all of our attention to be placed on these folks coming first to be baptized. A young man, you're going to hear a little bit about him right here. His name is Seth Jackson. Well, this is not Jeremy. <laughs> this is Jeannie. And I'm going to go ahead and let them play your video, if they will, if they'll cue that up for us. I want us to hear uh, your testimony and what you have to say this morning. you this morning as your pastor and your friend. <coughs> Follow the admonition and the command of God. You've accepted Jesus Christ into your life. Now you want to make a seal of covenant. 
with him in baptism, following his command. Amen. It's my privilege to baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, you and your wife today are being baptized on the same day. What a wonderful testimony for your family and absolutely the command of Jesus Christ in your life and heart. You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. As you said here, he's your teacher, he's your Savior, he's your Lord. So it's my honor as your pastor to baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Brittany, Brittany Kennedy. Brittany did not have a video for us this morning. She kind of jumped on this last week, and we were excited to add you. You wanted to be baptized accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, and you now want to seal that covenant with him and following in his word to be baptized. Now the whole world knows you are a Christian, and you are sealing that covenant with him. Amen? All right. It's my privilege and honor to baptize you, Brittany, as your pastor and your friend in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. you stand with me one more time? I want us to pray right now. It's, it's always an honor and a privilege to be a part of the baptismal ceremony. If you've not yet been baptized, we want you to, to hook up with our office and, and get your name on the list. When you've accepted Christ into your life, the natural next step for you is baptism. We want you to be a part of that. I want God to bless and touch each one of you. How many of you would say this morning, Pastor, I have lost loved ones in my family that need to come to Christ? I want us to pray. I feel led as we were baptizing. I want your family member to be baptized. So would you right now just take the hand of somebody standing beside of you and let's agree together for those. It is God's will for our loved ones to be saved. Let's pray together. Father, as we come before you this Sunday morning, Lord, we love the atmosphere, the worship that goes along with baptism. We thank you for the command, for Lord, it, it secures our made-up mind in our lives, and we're so thankful. I pray for the lost loved ones of every person, every family that's represented here today, that your work will be accomplished and done, Lord, to reveal your love to their loved ones. We pray for our lost sons, our lost daughters, our family members, our friends. We pray over them in the name of Jesus. For, Lord, this is the mission of the church in these last days to fulfill that great commission of your word. So I thank you for the privilege today to baptize these. Lord, we look forward to baptizing our lost loved ones. And we ask it today, knowing and asking that we stand on the word of God with every promise that's included in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.
God is great. Would you just say that? God is great. <laughs> we praise you, Lord.
Whisper his name. Whisper his name. Whisper his name. Jesus. Whisper his name. Jesus. He will come to you. Whisper his name. Jesus. Whisper his name, Jesus. Whisper his name, Jesus. He will come to you. Call on his name, Jesus. Call on his name, Jesus. Call on his name, Jesus. He will answer you. Check. Shout out his name. I fall down on my knees, Lord. 
is my deliverer. He knows my every need. He knows exactly how to take care of that need. And even though we are always unworthy, <laughs> he looks beyond that. Wherever you are this morning in your life, he looks beyond that. He sees the person he created you to be. He looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs. Lord, I praise you.
Well, come on and give the Lord praise. Give him high praises this morning. He is worthy of all the glory and the honor and the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am so glad he looked beyond my faults, saw what I needed in my heart, and he gave me a brand new life. I'm thankful this morning to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I feel the presence. You, you ought to baptize a few folks if you want to feel like you've been to church. I'm telling you, I feel the power of God. I feel the love of, you know, like old Paul, you know, they just begin to say, it isn't about the song. People get all hung up on stuff. I, I, I mean, that's great, man. What a tenor voice you got. But listen, it ain't about the song. It ain't about the place. It's about the God. It's about our God. I see old Paul and Silas down in the dungeon, the dark, wet, cold, slimy dungeon. Didn't have a choir, didn't have an orchestra, didn't have the latest praise and worship band. All they had was a song at midnight. I don't know what it was. You got yours, I got mine. They just started to sing that song that touched them. For some of you, it might have been, when he reached down his hand for me. Oh, when he reached way down for me. How many of you know it? I was lost and undone without God or his son. When he reached, how many did he reach way down? down his hand for me. It could be the latest Bethel music. It could be the latest out of Hillsong. You could have come through the shout to the Lord years. Maybe you're somebody who can remember back to, to what it was like when the Downings were singing. The song doesn't matter. What matters is about what it did when it touched you deep down and changed your whole opinion and your mind. We got to get off our preferences, get off all that religious junk, and look up to the Lord that we love and honor Him. And if you got a song or if you got a poem, whatever you got, praise God with it. You might be worshiping. I watched you. Jamie, I was watching you signing before the Lord as we were singing, and I said, boy, that's as good as a song right there. She's worshiping the Lord, lifting up her praises to God with her hands. I'm telling you, however it is you connect, the one thing you better do is you better connect. Amen. However you do that. Well, I'm up here to take the offering and preach, so I better. You can be seated real quick. It's good to be in church. It's good to be alive on the inside. So glad I'm not sitting in some dead cathedral somewhere with a bunch of folks that don't know who Jesus is. 
that just hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought, Lord, I know who you are. I know you. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, every one of God's promises, you can count on them. I said you can count on them. This is an interactive service. I end at 12 noon when you say amen a lot. There you go. You don't say amen, I preach till one because I figured you didn't get it yet. Somebody's like, is he serious? I'll hear that this choir will be amen in the whole service. The promises of the Lord will never fail. You may be looking for them and maybe you don't even recognize them sometimes when they come at you. I just want you to know something. You don't have to see it. You don't have to recognize it. What you do is, what you have to do is you got to know it. You got to know that his promises are coming through. God is not going to fail you. I said, God will not fail you. Never. Oh, no, you haven't walked in my shoes. Yeah, well, I figure the way it's got to do, the Bible says we got to endure and walk on until we see it. We don't give in, quit, and stop at the halfway line. A lot of folks sit on the halfway line, sitting down in the mully grubs, looking up, saying, well, God didn't come through for me. Get up and keep walking. He will come through for you. I've never met anyone who has ever been failed by God. You and I fail him a lot, but God never fails. He always keeps his word. To a thousand generations, God will keep his word. That's another one. That's two messages in one morning, and I haven't even started yet. Ushers are coming to serve you, as they do. Remember this scripture. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words, God says, my words will never pass away. That's why we know, Sister Liz, that there is comfort to those who mourn. Blessed are they that mourn because God is good for his word. When you trust in the Lord, you don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways you acknowledge him, he will direct your footsteps because that's his word. I don't have to wonder. People come, well, I just, you know what, pastor, just pray for me because I just want to trust the Lord. Let me make it simple for you. Get up and trust him. Do everything in your power to believe him. And don't even put doubt in the equation. Well, how do I do that? Just get up and walk in faith. I'm a, man, that's a third message. What am I going to do? I got nothing else to preach. It's not too hard to trust the Lord. Now, devil, the devil and the world will make it to you like it's just really hard to trust in the Lord. It is not. He makes it easy for you. He gave you breath in your body, a heartbeat. He gave you a mind to think and a, and a life that you can live out. He's given you promises to keep you at every stage of your life all the way to the end, including death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He's given you promises all the way to the end. So no wonder the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. In everything, give thanks. 
That's four messages. It's time for my vacation. I'll see you later. As you give this morning, you're giving. You're giving to World Missions. Our loose offering today, none of it stays in-house. All of it goes to the field. We're helping missionaries all around the world. So every dollar and every dime that you give, none will stay here. Not 10 cents, not 30 cents. Nothing will stay in the house. It will all go to the field. The church practices what it teaches. Then we teach you. Pay your tithe. Give as unto the Lord because he has blessed you. First fruits of your blessings. Amen? Amen. So I trust that you will trust the Lord, that you will be in obedience to his word, and that we today will celebrate because we are blessed when we obey. Father, we come to you. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to come into your house to honor you with our gifts. Lord, you have given so much to us. You are definitely a giver. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be a part of what you do in the world through our own gifts. Bless our missionaries, touch them, God, or all around the world as we give today, not just to give an offering, but Lord, to meet a need in their lives. And we thank you for this as we pray your blessings over every gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is a song about the promises of God. I've been watching you, holding on for me, through the waiting and the wonder. Somehow you still believe that if your faith is strong, someday you'll find. It may not be as you expected, but I will come to you in a perfect time. You may be waiting on the fire when I'm calling through the rain. You may be listening for thunder while I'm whispering your name. You may be searching for a sign to let you know that it's okay, hold on, cause I'm on my way. I came to Abraham, I was the sacrifice. For 40 years I walked with Moses. Through the wilderness of life, I came to Bethlehem. I saw them crucify the lamb. But when they rolled the stone away, I heard him say that he's coming back again. You may be waiting on the fire when I'm calling through the rain. You may be listening for thunder while I'm whispering your name. You may be searching for a sign to let you know that it's okay. Hold on, cause I'm on my way. How many of you know he's coming? He's coming with his answer for you.
waiting on the fire when I'm calling through the rain you may be listening for thunder while I'm whispering your name you may be searching for a sign to let you know that it's okay hold on hold on because I'm on my way I am your promise and I'm on my How many of you know the promises of God are sure and amen? And they're coming. They're coming. Hang on. Hold fast. The Lord is coming with his promise. Amen. Give the Lord praise this morning. The promises of God are sure and amen. If he has spoken over your life, you can take it to the bank. God will come through. God will not fail to bring to pass what he has called and spoken over your life. It's important that you and I understand these truths because this is what keeps us walking in that walk of faith that the Bible encourages us in. To know that the, 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 the God of his word will all always come through and be his word alive in your own circumstance and in your own life. God will not fail you. The first time I ever heard that song, my mom was very ill, and it was one of the hardest times of my family's life. We, we were struggling and going through, but my mom heard the song, and she said, baby, that's my song. And I said, well, mom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it for you. And then I went searching, and I found the soundtrack, and, and I learned it to try to sing it. And then I called up a guy and had him come to the church, and we recorded it and back here in a Sunday school room. And I took it to my mom by her side, and I started playing this song to her. And in the song itself, I actually called her out by name, and I told her her promises, the God of her promises was going to come through for her. And you know what? She went on to glory, but here's what I know for a fact. God kept his word over her life and gave the promises. Every one of them, every one of them was fulfilled in her life. And you and I can hold to the promises of God. There's so much confusion, so much doubt, so much chaos out in the world. I mean, especially now. With all that's going on in the world through the election season that we're, I mean, it is, it'll turn your head if you're not careful. I'm, I'm talking to Christians right now that don't know what to do. Christians that are in that valley of decision and, and they're in turmoil in their thoughts. And, and I'm thinking, you know, the, at the end of the day, what's important for us to remember is to always, always, always go back to the foundation, the words of Almighty God. If we'll stay true to this right here, then we'll not have any worries. Can I just tell you something? It don't matter who gets elected. God is still in control. God is still in control. I know that to be a fact. You have those doom, doomsday people. You have people that all oh, just tell you the whole world is, you know, yes, guess what? It's perilous times. We understand that and we know that. But I'm telling you, I'm going to do what I know is right. I'm going to vote my convictions over Christian. I'm going to vote my Christian convictions, and I'm going to stand on the biblical principles of God. And then, where the chips fall, I just keep that. Just more to pray about to my Father God, who is in control. Two weeks ago, I preached on on an undivided heart, making up your mind. That's what we've got to have. We have to have a made-up mind. That's half your battle. Half the battle you are facing is right here in between your ears. 
You and I have got to come to an understanding right away and make a decision right now. You're way overdue. If you've been wandering around in the wilderness of your life for any length of time, tossed back and forth between what you think or don't know about God, it's time for you to make up your mind. We talked about having an undivided heart, knowing who you are. Last week I preached on, on your mark, get set, go. It's time to, when we make up our mind, we got to get up and we got to do something. We got to take a step. We got to move in the next step, our right directions. And this week I've entitled the message, The Victory is Not Beyond Your Reach. The victory for your life is not beyond your reach because of the promises of God. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11, is where I'm going to read my text. If you'll stand for the reading of God's word real quick. We always honor the word of God by standing. All right, this is Moses. Now, Moses is giving his farewell address. He's speaking to Joshua. He's speaking to the children of Israel. He's giving them, you know, this is, this is it. And like a good father, like a good shepherd, Moses is wanting them to know the basics, wanting them to know the truth about some things before he goes up on top of the mountain. And boy, as parents, as grandparents, wherever you are, it's so wise for you to follow the admonition of Moses. Quit trying to be your, your kid's best friend and tell them the truth. Well, I didn't even get one amen. I'm going to preach till 130. Quit trying to be their best friend. It's good to have a great relationship with them. It's wonderful to be close with them. But sometimes as parents, you, you work so hard at trying to be their best buddy that you neglect some things that you need to tell them. Moses was difficult with them right here. Listen to what he has to say in his farewell address to the children of Israel. Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea and get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. In other words, no excuses. God would not call you to something he's not going to help you fulfill. Can I say that again because somebody needs it? God's not going to call you to something that he's not going to empower you and enable you to be able to fulfill. Moses says, no, the word that I'm commanding you today, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. See it, believe it, embrace it. That's what I put next to that scripture. See, I set before you today life and good, death and destruction for I command you today to love the Lord your God listen to this kids young people listen to this for I command you today he's not saying oh please sugar sugar dumpling would you please would you think about loving Jesus would you just at least pray over your food come on let's let's read a scripture together Moses said I command you, love the Lord your God. He goes on, says, to walk in his ways and to keep his commands, his decrees and his laws. Then you will live and increase 
and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But, uh-oh, but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. He's telling it like it is. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. He said, today, this day, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, choose life. What if, you, what if you went home and said that to your family? What if you did that? What if a pastor on a Sunday morning actually got up and preached that? Man, they tell us, you know, no, 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 no. Come on now, make it sugary, make it nice, make it sweet, filled with all kinds of mercy and grace. And we know grace and mercy is awesome. What would we do without amazing grace? But understand something. Moses said, there is something that you got to do. Choose life. Here's life. Here's death. Blessings. Curses. You choose. And he looked at his, his, the generation before me. He looked at the kids, the grandkids, and he said, choose life. And I look at our young people and I say, please choose life. Please don't mess up. Please don't go the road that the young people of your life, lifestyles are trying to get you to go down. Please don't go that road. Don't listen to the philosophers in this world. Don't listen to all the wise celebrities who know so much. I mean, they got so famous off YouTube that now they're gurus and they have all the answers. Don't listen to all of them. Follow faith in your heart. They will tell you tolerance, acceptance, do anything you want. God loves you. Yes, he does. But he didn't die on a cross just to be your buddy for coffee. He died on the cross to save your soul. To regenerate you and to make you a brand new creature in Christ. To set you apart holy before the Lord. He died in order that you would be rescued. It's awesome. Some of all of us need that message. Can I get an amen? amen? This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him for the Lord is your life. He will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then we're going to jump up to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9 because we are right at the end here and Joshua is fixing to take over. Joshua is the new generation. And what I love about Joshua was he wasn't a new religion. He wasn't a new philosophy. Moses told him what to do to get up and carry the torch and he did it. And that's our, that's our admonition. You don't, we don't need a newfangled, brand new way to do what Jesus has been doing fine without us for thousands of years. The problem is we let a whole lot of religion get in the way. We let a, we let a whole lot of people get in the way. We let people try to tell us what this really means. But I'm telling you, it's time for us, 
with a spirit of discernment to get back on our knees and have some good old-fashioned prayer meetings where God reveals himself to us. The light of his word comes alive in us. I don't need somebody out there trying to direct my traffic to heaven. I know exactly how to get there, thank you. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. A lamp under my feet and a light under my path. I'm telling you, there's some basic foundations for life that'll make this whole thing a lot easier. It's not too hard. It's not too hard. It's easy. It's easy. Father, I ask your blessings on the next few moments. I'm going to let these folks sit down. I pray that you will minister and challenge us in our time together. The Lord will leave here better that we'll desire to be better, that, God, we will want more intimately to be closer to you than we've ever been before. And I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. I have 11 minutes. Wow. All right, here we go. I'm going to go fast. I'll leave out the fluff stuff. No, i got to tell this one. Old country preacher. Down in the south, they do things different down there. He, uh, there was a funeral service for old Joe. You know old Joe. Joe was, had been around for a little while, but Joe was a hard case. He was one of them typical kind of redneck guys. And he died. And when he died, the preacher got up and he said, well, old Joe, he may have wanted a better life. But it's too late for Joe. He's dead now. He may have wanted to spend more time with his family, maybe even get things right with God. Maybe be a better parent or a better husband, but it's too late for old Joe. You know, he's, he's not alive anymore. Joe can't do anything about his life. It's all over for Joe now. Day, today is a day of decision. He looked at the audience and he said, it's not too late for you. You're still alive. You're still kicking. You need to make up your mind today because you never know when it'll be too late like it is for old Joe. Now, this man got in the car with his wife, and he looked at his wife, and he said, can you believe that? How insensitive. That guy was rude and brash, and he was so mean to that poor family. Can't believe he preached a sermon like that. He said, don't you agree? And his wife looked, and she said, yeah, it, that was pretty insensitive. It was, it was hard talk. It was hard. And she said, it, it was pretty, man, it was out there. It was rude. It was hard to hear. She was the only problem is, it's true. Many times at funeral services, I've looked at the unbelievers in the crowd, and I've had the boldness to be able to look at them and say, if you're not a believer today, if you've not chose life, and you've chose death because there's no middle ground, contrary to popular belief, there's not a playground where you get a second chance on that. You make up your mind you serve God, you call out God as the Savior, the Lord, and the owner of your life and heart, or, or you're choosing death. You're not choosing something in between. How many of you know we ain't living in no playground, we're living in a battlefield, a battleground? And I've looked at folks and I've said, if you're not a believer this morning or this afternoon, I'm telling you, you, when we go by the casket one more time, you need to linger a little longer than everyone else. You need to kind of hang out a little longer than everyone else because this will be the last time you see this loved one. You'll never see them again. So you need to hang out a little. I'll give you the, the excuse. You're allowed to hang out. If you're an unbeliever, 
and you've chosen death, you need to hang out a little further. And sometimes you'll see people with their eyes wide open. And I'll look at them and I'll say, but those of you who have faith, those of you who have belief, let me give you assurance and peace in your heart today. For we don't sorrow like the world does because we have a hope and an anchor in Christ. You will see your loved one again. You'll see them again. Choose life. I mean, what's so difficult and hard about it? What's the struggle? Choosing to, to go down the path of, of pain and regret and sorrow and sin, being a shame and a disgrace to your family and your friends. What, what's the struggle? I often wonder, what is it that draws, except that the, there's a, uh, if you want to use another term, there was like a drawing, a, a lust, an enticement of the enemy that causes people to lose their mind. They get insane and they don't think right. But if we'll ever get to the place where we'll think right, and even as Christians, can I just encourage you this way, stay in your prayer closet. Stay in your word because I'm telling you, even Christians can get off track and start acting like dummies. They can start walking around not knowing what they ought to know and not behaving and having an attitude like they ought to have. They get cold and indifferent. I don't know about you. Maybe you're different. Maybe when you got saved, you got you a receipt and you stuck it in your pocket and you're as good as gone to heaven. I need to pray. I need to have the word constantly coming into me. I need that prayer time. I found out that I can be thinking one way, Derek. I walk in in the morning, and, and I'll be sitting there, and I'll have an attitude and a half, and I'm ready to just tell Judy off. <laughs> just for the record, that would never happen, never happen. She's listening, and she's counting money today. But I love you, Judy. <laughs> but I'll, I'll recognize sometimes when I, as a Christian, saved, sanctified, filled with the Spirit of God, I'll walk in and I'll just, I just got a stinking attitude. I look at you and I'm like, <clears throat> I got a rotten attitude. I'm ready to vote no on everything. I'll recognize it as a Christian. I'll go in my office and I'll sit down and I'll get my word out and lay it on the desk and I'll bow my head and start praying. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my, my attitude begins to melt like butter on a good piece of toast. I will melt like nothing. You need a prayer life. You need to get locked away with God. I'm not talking about staying busy. I'm not talking about just listening to things and, and you know, songs and, and keeping yourself busy. I'm talking about getting alone in the presence of God where it's just you and the Lord. You need that. And when you do, it'll help you to have life. It'll help you to choose life. We're given a choice. Moses was so determined. He already knew the generation before had made the mistakes. They, they, were, they were standing all over the corpses as he's giving this farewell address of all the generation that had failed to believe God, who had failed to want to go over to the other side who had done all the wrong things. I mean, they complained and they whined all the way through the wilderness experience. And because of that and because of several times they didn't obey God, they did not get to go through to the promised land. A generation after them had to go. And Moses himself knew he wasn't going. And you know that story. That's another whole message. But he, he's sitting here looking at Joshua and he's giving them all these. He's saying, hey, remember where you came from. Remember what God did. Remember how he delivered. 
you from Egyptian bondage. Remember what all he's done. Do you remember when he brought us through the Red Sea? Do you remember? God's going to do more and greater for you because you're going to be the inheritors of the promise. You're going to be the ones that's going to make it all the way through. And can I tell you something? We're closer to Canaan land than we've ever been. And we are right there on the edge of the river waiting to go through. And if somebody will just get excited about God and his word one more time, like Samson will say one more time, Move on me, God. Move on the church. Move on me. And let me be a light and an empowered service for your work, God. Let me be touched by you one more, one more time. If we'll start to believe God, I'm telling you, he can heal. He can heal. I've seen him heal. I've seen him heal over and over again. I've seen God direct people and meet, meet needs for people. I've seen finances come through in miraculous ways for folks. God is still on the throne. And yes, I get pretty excited, but I'm tired also of a religion that's cute and can sit on somebody's shelf at home. I love God, and he's awesome. He's mighty. He's powerful. Ah. That's what the world wants, man. They're tired of religion that looks down on them, condemns them, and judges them. Come in and sit in some churches, man, you feel like an oddball. You don't feel like you fit. All them people looking at you, man, I'm telling you, it's time for the church to just say, we belong to God, and it's not about this. It's about who he is and what he's promised and what he's given to us. I think I just got delivered from bondage. That's awesome. <laughs> but I don't want to send to the dry cleaner just yet. <laughs> In this passage of Scripture, Moses is warning them. He's telling them, follow God in his will or do your own thing, but understand what it means. You know, choose life. I'm telling you today, we got to choose life. I mean, you don't have to go. The Discovery Channel, Brother Orville, may tell us that we got to go up to the Himalaya Mountains and we got to go sit in some robe somewhere and listen to some holy man tell us how to do life. That is not true. He has promised. Jesus said, I'm going to go away. And when I go away, I'm going to send a comforter. He's going to come. He's going to be your counselor. He's going to be your leader. He's going to take care of you, strengthening you every step of the way. He'll be your teacher and he'll take you all the way through to glory. If you're happy this morning, that you've got the gift of the Holy Spirit. You ought to clap your hands and give God praise. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. If you're visiting with us, sometimes I work really hard sometimes to, to just be very calm. It's so delightful to see you today. Welcome into the house of the Lord tea afterwards in the cafe. But when I began to think about who he is and how real he is and how lost this world is, I'm looking at all that's happening out here right now. I'm at the point where I don't even want to turn the television on anymore. When I'm looking at all of the fussing and the feuding and the accusing and all the stories and all the dirt and the grime that's out there, and these are supposed to be the ones that have all the answers. Then, it's only then that I finally turn back around and go, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer. 
He's the answer. That's the greatest news I could tell you. Y'all ought to be floating out of church today. You ought to walk into Frisch's and, and tip the, the lady standing at the door. She'll say, I didn't serve you food. You say, I'm just giving you a tip anyway. Got to have this. We got to have this. The Bible says it's joy, unspeakable and full of glory. We get so caught up in all the junk here on this earth. We get caught up in the stories and, and all. I'm mad at you and I'm mad at them and I'm. We're all just in this thing. We're all just trying to be the best. And it's time to let it go and let God fill us up to overflowing with the joy of His experience in our life. Let God work in us. I'm telling you, that's the only way. It ain't, don't take rocket scientists to figure this all out. It's simple. Moses said, it's not hard. Love God. Yes. Obey him. Yes. When you don't know what to do, just find something to obey. You know, when, you, when you're having a hard day and you're like all empty inside, go in here. Go, Honor thy mother and thy father. Just do it. Go call your mama and say, mama, I love you. I honor you. And you just got yourself an audience with the king. I mean, it's simple. It's not nearly as hard as everybody wants to make it out. Man, we go to the Christian bookstores, and I love them. We're going to have a bookstore open here in a few weeks, and it's going to be cool. But, you know, we go, and we look at Jackie, it's so good to see you, and Lindsay, and Chris, and all you folks. Awesome. We've been praying for all of you. And it is, we go in these Christian bookstores, and, and I do that every now and again. I just stop and talk to people. It just happens. It's called, I'm a tripolar person. <laughs> Here I go again. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> we walk in these Christian bookstores, and you know, if you're not real careful, you'll walk back out more confused than when you walked in. I mean, you walk in, and there's rows and rows and rows. Teach me how to live the Christian life. And there are 900 books. Whew, this thing's hard. Reference Bibles, that thick. Wow. This is hard. This is difficult. How will I ever do this? Just go back to Jesus. Just go back to Jesus. I have found him there in the lowest places of my life. I have found him in the chapel, Debbie, at Miami Valley Hospital at 2 o'clock in the morning. I went down there grieved and broken in my heart. And I walked in that room and I felt him there. He was waiting on me. There was one morning early at, nine, at 4 o'clock in the morning I was getting up to pray. And I, the alarm went off and I just rolled over and turned it off. And, and I looked over and I felt the presence of God. Kathy just warmed my heart and he said, I was waiting on you. I was like, oh, there you are. There you are. Every Man, he, he shows up. At the most amazing places. It's so awesome. You know, I keep going back. You know, Orville, I, don't, I know you're hurting and you're going through a tough time. But I keep going back to the night before that surgery when the Lord directed me at 730 at night to drive all the way down to Bethesda North just to hang out with Linda for a couple hours. And I thought, what a gift that was for me. When I walked in, she was anxious, and she didn't know, you know, she was a little afraid of what was going, you know, the surgery and all that, and she didn't want to go through all that. And when I walked in, I had prayer with her. We talked, and, and she asked me all them questions, and, and she took them to heaven, <laughs> the answers. And I just, I look at that as a gift. The Lord gave that to me. And I'll never forget listening to Orville on the other end of the phone when he called her, and she said, I've got a distinguished guest in my room. And he said, is it the pastor? <laughs> 
I'll never forget that. It was a gift. It was a gift the Lord gave. He will always guide you and lead you. I'll never forget when Brother Ike was in the Liberty Center down here. And I was driving up 75. And, and I was headed to Dayton, Gene. I was headed up to, to where you all were with Johnny. I was coming to the visitation. And as I was going up that road, the Lord stopped me dead in my tracks. He told me, get off the highway, turn around, go back to Liberty and see Brother Ike. I was like, Brother Ike, I'm going to this visitation. I've got to get up to Dayton, and I'll check on him tomorrow. And the voice said, I told you to get off this highway, go back to Brother Ike, and see him now. So I turned the car around, went back, got off, got in there, walked in there. Brother Ike was in it was having a little bit of anxiety, and we prayed, and we talked, and we shared, and I stayed with him a little while, and then we prayed and left, and you know, two hours later, he went on to be with Jesus. You look at those things, and you think, you think God is in control. God, he will lead you more than you know. You just got to get close, man. You got to pray for that discerning spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will guide you every step of your way. The problem is we get so much of ourselves in the way that we can't hear right. But if we'll ever get to the place where I surrender all, if we ever get to that place where we truly will surrender everything to the Lord, he will guide and direct us all the way. The word to Joshua was, Moses is dead. Pick up now. Take the children of Israel across the Jordan River and get them over into the promised land. And God said to him something that he says to every one of us today. It's a promise that goes from generation to generation to generation. He said, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus ended Matthew's gospel with, that very, with those very words. I, lo, I will be with you all the way to the end. We look at these promises of God and we can hold on to them. We can carry them around in our pockets. We can fill our pockets full. And there is no excuse for the Christian to not live a joyful, peaceful, wonderful life. Full of love and full of all kinds of blessings. I'm telling you, it didn't say, say, here, choose life and get some blessings. Live in a few good days. It says, no, choose life or choose death. Choose blessings or choose curses. Choose what you'll do. That's for us. If we, and you know where the struggle is? The fight is at five minutes after 12. I'm going to quit in just a moment. The struggle is... Where I see the struggle with Christians is simply this. They sit in this valley of indecision. They stay in this place where they got just enough of God to be miserable. And they got just as much of the world to feel guilty. And they walk around with all this stress hanging on their back like a big old rock. When if you and I will just see it for what it really is, let go, let God choose life. Choose life. Choose to do right. Choose to think right. Choose to obey. Choose to live out the ordinance of God's word. If you'll do that, I promise you, there is nothing but blessings that will come your life, your way. Now, it may not, as the song I sang earlier, it may not always look like you expect it to look, but God will always come through. The old song that Karen Wheaton used to sing, if he did it once, he'll do it again. 
however it comes down. But you may be looking for him in all the wrong ways. you got to just be open to however you're going to do this, God. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to follow after you. There are a lot of times we don't have the answers to the things we're going through. But we understand and we know that in the end, if we will stay true and faithful, endure hardships like a good soldier, if we'll get through it, at the end of it, there is a trophy. There is a prize and a reward for everyone who will not fail to trust in the Lord. He says, I call you to, I call you to this day, I call you this day to make a choice. Make a choice. Stand with me this morning. The word to Joshua in chapter 1, verse 1 through 7 said this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. No, I'm going to end with that right there, but listen to me very closely. A lot of times, we, we hold back from the promises of God, from the things God wants for us. Now listen, I'm going to close with this, so it's important. We will, sometimes, because we heard so many of the, the teachers in the past, and so many of those... You know, there was all the, it used to be that being a Christian was persecuting and, and it was hardship and it was, it was hard for us. They, I mean, in the beginning of our own denomination, they used to blow up our churches and they'd sit out and old, old uh, W.F. Bryant, his family was shot at with buckshot. He was hit, literally, trying to take his family out to the little log uh, church building that they had built. I mean, you don't know the pioneering that went in. Don't, be careful what you say. You don't know the pioneering. You don't know the suffering. You don't know the persecution. They blew it up with dynamite one time. I've been down to those places. I'm, I'm bold enough and I want to know enough that I don't just live on hearsay. I drove all the way to North Carolina and I walked over the land. I saw all these places. I saw the very foundation stones of W.F. Bryant's little cabin. They had burned it to the ground. Why? Because he was a spirit-filled Christian trying to figure out God's will and way and obedience you look at those kind of things and you can't believe it. They were determined that they were going to possess what God had done for them. They were going to possess the promise, possess the power. Now, we've had teachers that come along because, see, it got real popular to be Christian in like the 70s, 80s, 90s. It, it got real popular. I mean, everybody was, everybody was a Christian. Celebrity strippers on TV are like, I, just, I stripped for Jesus. And it's like, Really? I mean, everybody, every celebrity was saved. Everybody, you know, it was a, almost a joke. Everybody getting an award. I thank God I made this horrible R-rated movie and God blessed it. You know, like, I'm sorry. It became very popular. Everybody was a Christian. Well, if you'll notice, now that the tide has turned, and now we're in a hard place again. Now there's persecution. Now it's not so popular anymore. And we knew it was going to come because... The Bible said it would. It said they'll hate you. They'll despise you. Perilous times will come. Men's hearts will fail them for fear. 
There'll be all kinds of things going on. I mean, there's a whole list. I mean, do you, just read the word. It's not supposed to be playtime right now. It's supposed to be difficult and hard. But for those of us who have faith and confidence, God has given a promise for every hardship. He's given us a promise for every trial. Every temptation that comes your way, he says there'll always, always be a way of escape. God has made a way. It's not so hard. You can still do it. You have to trust God. That's what Joshua had to do. That's what you and I have to do. We have to step out in trust. I'm talking blind faith. I mean, I'm not saying, well, Lord, as I see you, I'll know. You got you to gotta believe first, then you'll see. You got to step on it. Step out into it before you see it, before you touch it, before you smell it. You got to trust it. You got to know that God is God. You ever, I mean, you've heard me say this before, but I, I've never seen a skinny bird. I went looking one day, I, looking up in the trees. Where are the skinny birds? Where is a malnutrition bird barely hanging on a limb? I'm just so hungry. I mean, you see them, they got their fat bellies. They're all so fat, they can't hardly stand themselves. Flying from tree to tree to tree. Have you ever just walked outside and looked up? I mean, I was in campus choir. Some of you knew this many years ago. And I was putting a devotion together. And I, I didn't have a devotion that day. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, look up in the trees. Do you see any skinny birds? I'm like, there are no skinny birds. But God, that's kind of weird. It's like, if I take care of all them birds, I'll take care of you. I was like, oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I walked into campus choir. Dr. Horton looked at me and said, Brother Ray, you got our devotion? I said, yes, sir. I walked up and I looked at him all and I said, there are no skinny birds. <laughs> I mean, a revival broke out. It was, a, no. no. <laughs> God is the God of his word. He'll take care of you and I through the darkest valleys he will be there. There's a mountaintop waiting at the bottom of every valley. You don't even have a valley if you don't have two mountains. God's going to be there. He's going to take care of you. But keep going. Make up your mind. Take the steps. Get up and go. And trust that all along the way, Beth, every step you take, God's going to be right there beside of you. Every step you take. No matter what you face, God's going to be there for you. Do the right thing. Choose life. Don't give in to the struggles the enemy would put in your path. Don't give in to temptations. Don't give in to defeat. Let me tell you, defeat is the enemy's biggest weapon against the church. It's not, it's not gambling and on all, it's crime and murder and stealing and robbing and cheating. It's not all those, that's not his main huge weapon. His main weapon on the Christian is If he can get you to just feel defeated, he'll have all he needs from you. You will not only be a bad witness, you will end up being a powerless Christian, a light that must, like a black light, you won't be even be a real light. If he can just get you defeated. But if you will muster up the faith that Jesus said, if you just have Faith enough, the size of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say unto the mountain, move. If you'll just have that kind of faith this morning, if you'll let that, if you'll dare to believe it, dare to possess 
the land in front of you, if the children of Israel had stayed stuck, they would have never crossed over the Jordan and started conquering their, their cities. They would have never possessed the land. You and I got to possess what God has promised us and given to us. And he's promised you several things. We prayed for lost loved ones earlier. Let me tell you something about your lost loved ones. The Bible tells me it is God's will that all come to repentance and live. That means it's God's will for your family to be saved. I think that it's time for us to start. You know, I know, I'm going to say it. It's going to sound real charismatic. I think it's time for us to start calling those things that be not as though they were. I'm going to start calling them out. Debbie, I was calling out my nephews saved. I was calling out my family members saved. I said, Lord, they're saved. In the name of Jesus, you stop them wherever they are. Reveal your love to them now. I don't care where they're sitting, where they're at, God. I'm claiming them saved. I'm claiming them in the household of God. I'm claiming them to walk streets of gold. I'm not going to give up on them. It's time for Christians to stop sitting back, taking a back seat, and start taking the front line of battle, doing it for the Lord. You and I can make a difference. We can make a difference. But we got to quit being afraid. We got to quit being faithless. We got to stop being afraid of all the teaching that went on years ago. We're, we're afraid to ask God for things. I'm telling you, it's time for us to claim our inheritance. How many are ready to do that today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment this morning. Do you know Jesus today? Do you have him in your heart? Have you made that decision to choose life? You made a decision to trust him with all of your heart? I'm telling you the greatest decision you'll ever make in all of your life. It'll turn your life around. It'll be the answer for you. I promise you, you say, I don't know, I've tried this before, I've done this before. I'm telling you, you need to try one more time because I'm telling you, if you'll tap in to the reality of Jesus, not the religion of Jesus, if you'll tap into the reality of Jesus, it'll change your life forever. He will change your life just like he changed mine. If you're here today and you need Christ in your heart and life, I want you to slip up your hand and write back down. We're going to pray for you today. Where are you? God bless you, sir. Is there anyone else? I need to make that decision. I'm choosing life today. Anyone else? God bless you, sir. God bless you. Hands are going up. God bless you. Is there anyone else? I want to make Jesus my life. I want to choose life this morning. God bless you, son. God bless you, sir. Amen. Several hands have went up today. We're going to pray a prayer. Now, you've heard me say this, but I want to reiterate it for those who are making that fresh decision today. It's not words that'll do it. It's not a formula. There is no magic to words that suddenly just make everything okay. It comes back to your heart. Your heart before God. The Bible says if you'll believe in your heart, if you'll confess him with your mouth, that means make a public proclamation. Make it public. And the Bible says that you'll be saved. That's where you start. Now, that is not the end all. Man, that means we start. We start learning obedience. We start letting God be in our lives, in control of our lives. We start a road to discipleship, and we grow, and we've got, a pro we've got programming and classes and small groups for you. 
that the words today will begin a journey in your heart and life. And we're so excited to be a part of that with you. I'm going to ask the whole congregation, if they will, to pray it with you. We're going to, like, escort you right to the throne. And we're believing that God's going to change your life forever from this day forward. Let's pray together. Church, will you help us? Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord. I know you died for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. You are the Son of God. I thank you for dying for me, for accepting me, for forgiving me. I ask you now, be the Lord of my life. Help me to be strong, to live out every day until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Our ministers, our pastors are coming to, across the front. I would like to invite you as we, as we, Richard will be coming in just a moment to make final announcement, but as you do, you're welcome to come forward for special prayer in the altar today. We'll all meet you down here, anoint you with oil, pray the prayer of faith with you. If you need a prayer cloth, we're here today to pray with you as long as it takes. But we're asking right now, I'm gonna ask everyone, if they will, to pray. I want all of us to pray because I want, in our prayer right now, to be challenged with God's word, to move forward in a powerful way to make a difference everywhere we go. I'm trusting that wherever you go eat today, whoever you hang out with today, that they will be like, wow, why are you so energetic and on fire? Because you've got that determination in your heart to serve God with gladness. Go and be a light everywhere that you go. That is who we are. Amen. That's who we are. Father, we come to you. I pray as shepherd over this flock. I pray, God, that you will minister to their every heart's need, that, God, you'll grant them the deep desires that they have before you and every promise that has been spoken over them. God, as you are fulfilling your word without fail, I pray that you will give them the courage, the confidence, the strength, and the, the lack of fear, Lord, that they will be able to move forward in power, trusting in you, that, God, you will finish the work that you've started in them. And, God, your word will declare them a winner when it's all said and done. And I thank you for this today. We honor you in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said amen. Did I see Audrey Purdom back there? Audrey, is that you? This whole place ought to give it up. Audrey's home. Audrey's home. We love you. You look wonderful. So it's good to see you back in church today. This is a great day because you're here. We love you. God bless you. Richard, come and make final announcements. Very important announcement I want to make. I, I don't want to waste any of your time, but next Sunday is our Family Fun Fest, a huge outreach event for our community. We're looking to have nearly 3,000 people here on the property. A lot of them will be you, but thousands of them will not be you. And we want to just bless them, love them, take care of them. There's a few ways that you can be involved if you would like to. I know you're grabbing your purses and you're itching for the door. If there's a way that you can help us out, we need people to help us with our trunk or treat. You can sign up in the lobby, pull up a car, open up your trunk, sit there on the lawn chair, pass out the candy we give you. It's simple. That way you can also volunteer anywhere you would like on the property. We need volunteers. And uh, also we are looking for bags of candy. If you want to bring bags of candy by this week, that would be awesome uh, for you to just do that between now and next Sunday. It's going to be a wonderful time. 
Remember, service at 10 o'clock, then we have uh, the event from 12 to 5 next Sunday. God bless you all. We look forward to you being here. Have a wonderful Sunday.